where I started like putting so much of my game into what other people thought. And now I think like as I've gotten older, I'm like, so what if I'm fast? Like if you can't stop it, who cares? Like, sure, if you think I'm just fast, like I'm doing pretty good for just somebody who's just fast. Like I think I've switched it in my mind. Hi everybody and welcome to Snack. I'm Sam Lewis. And I'm Lynn Williams. I'm Lynn Williams. I am here. I wasn't supposed to be, but I surprised you, Sam, and here I am. We caught her, recorded so, something and, else, and we made her stay on. I know. The last so, episode. I am Lynn Williams, and this show is about women's soccer, but it's also about freaking the World Cup. Lynn's about to go to the World Cup. We're going to talk to her today. We are going to interview Allie Riley, which we have been promising you guys for weeks. We're going to play a fun game about New Zealand, and we're going to talk about the World Cup. What What could be better? World Cup, World Cup. That's what my nephews just kept repeating, singing to me when they found I out. I know. You told us. That I know. Was so World cute. How, how are you doing one week later? I'm doing good. I feel like a little bit run down, actually. Like, you know when, like, you study for a final – and yeah. then you're like so heightened and then it finally happened. Like you take the final and you just come down. Like I feel like that a little bit. I know. Well, you're going to have to just get all your sleeps in and all your extra chicken breasts. Oh, Bowls is that the pasta? cure? Is that the cure? Chicken breasts? I think protein is the cure to almost everything. We need to get our herb game up is what we need to I do. Have a, I, have a, I have maybe have a little bit of an herb game going. Oh, I had like a NyQuil game going last night. So oh. does that count? No, it's not herbs. That's the opposite of herbs. <laughs> That's pharmaceuticals. Anywho, I'm, yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling like still on cloud nine, but I just, my body's like, Lynn, you need to like rest. Yeah. You're, you just need to start knocking down those 11 hour nights of sleep. Yeah. I'm going to. And as soon I'm as going. you do that, I mean, no problems. Yeah. Absolutely no problems. So funnily enough, little life update from me, all of a sudden, you know, you just get that feeling. Everything in the house just falls apart. The whole house is falling apart. The garbage disposal is on the fritz again. I was almost late to this recording because the plumbers were here. And I knew exactly what was wrong with it. I'm becoming quite the construction worker. The seal was unsealed. Oh, Sam. I know. How far you have come. Look what my Auntie Ruthie bought for me at her library book sale. Fix it yourself manual. Thank you, Auntie Ruby. Ruthie. Ruthie. Sorry. So I'm going to learn how to do all this myself, and then I'm not even going to need the plumber. Yeah. Forget that guy. <laughs> you're going to break it more, and you're going to need, like, three plumbers. No. No, no. He, no. Did say if, he did say if you mess with this, it'll void the warranty. So, like, I don't recommend you, like, try to do it yourself. Because I was, like, in there trying to be like, so what would I do if it started leaking again? He was like, please call just me. call me. Like, I'm not going to charge <laughs> you. Like, I'll just come back and fix it. <laughs> I, my dad is somebody, and yours as well, but, like, can fix a lot of things. And I feel like that's what people say who know how to fix things. Like, I'll be like, dad, I wanted to try to like do this and prove to you that I could do it and show you. And he's like, I just wish you would have called me that we could do it right the first time. Like now I have to fix all the things you did wrong. Yeah, exactly. Is how else are things going? I'm going to go throw the first pitch for the Yankees game tonight. I'm excited about that. That is so fun. So hopefully that goes well. And then when this podcast comes out, people are like, wow, Lynn really threw a good ball hopefully we can get a video of it and we can put it right in here in the youtube and it'll be a perfect strike we can only hope i've been practicing because who god knows i'm not really good at throwing things i got to throw a pitch at a red sox game and it was a little high but it was it he it got caught i think i would rather throw high than in the dirt like if yeah. it goes high then you're like wow this girl can really throw she just doesn't have aim if it's in the dirt then it's like Ugh. it's like did it even make it there 
We're not, we're really not sure. When I was practicing, I did throw a couple in the dirt though. So I'm nervous. Right. Hey, Christy's doing it too. Well, her and Kelly both bailed, but I had agreed to this like weeks ago. So yeah, I feel like I have to, well, this is going to be sick. Like go and enjoy it. That sounds awesome. I can't wait to see my last uh-huh. little thing. And then we're going to let you go because we have a whole interview with you on this episode. I went downstairs to let Franny out to go to the bathroom and I left half my sandwich on the table. <laughs> and when I came back up, it was gone. And I looked was around Mr. the house. Finn or Mr. Pat? It was Finn. He jumped up on the table, dragged my sandwich. I'm looking at him. Oh, my God. Look at what a bad boy he is. Is he in trouble? Look, do you see him laying over there? Yeah. He's Staring at me from afar because he knows he did wrong. You're also doing this podcast from a different position. I know. My sister-in-law is on a big call in the office. She's doing a, a training for work, so I didn't want to interrupt. Wait, I have a question for you now mm. that the announcement is out and everything. Um, did you guys do anything for Christy? No, I have not seen. I don't think I've seen or spoken to her. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's been a very busy girl. I know she FaceTimed my parents and they are over the moon. My parents are busy planning their trip, so I'm really, really excited for them. I spoke to Christy when she made it. And then like, I literally don't know if we've spoken since I'm like, just trying to give her some space. But I saw that picture of you guys on the today show looking at each other. And I was like, I need this printed out and framed. Like it was the cutest thing I've ever seen. And I'm so proud of you guys. Thank you. It's actually a gif. It's so funny. It's like a gif of us like nudging each other and then like smirking. Like I wish I could say that. I don't know how I I haven't seen the gif, but I like need it or the gif. If you want to call it that I don't that's peanut butter. That's true. (laughs) Okay, everybody. Well, here was the intro of the century. Stay tuned for a World Cup preview, an interview with Lynn, and an interview with Ellie Riley, and a game. Jesus, what a show. What a show. Okay, we'll be right back. Okay, everybody. Let's talk about the World Cup. I thought for this little preview, since I'm alone here, I'll talk a little bit about the group stage that the U.S. is in, and I want to highlight those teams a little bit, and then I'm going to give you guys some other teams to watch, which... If you have the lovely opportunity of tuning into a game at 3 a.m., these are the teams I think will be worth waking up for. So first, the U.S.'s group games. We have Vietnam on July 21st, the Netherlands on July 26th, and then Portugal is on August 1st. I'll start with Vietnam. This is their first World Cup. They did just win the Southeast Asian Games where they triumphed over Myanmar, their longtime rivals. And they do have a leading goal scorer, a key to their squad, 32-year-old Win Yu. I think for the U.S., as any commentator would say, it's a great opportunity to come out on your front foot, set a tone for the tournament. I would love to see a lot of goals. I would love to see, just like the World Cup last time, the U.S. playing with a ton of confidence, putting some goals in the back of the net, celebrating. I'm really excited for them to come out and set the tone for the tournament and earn some confidence as they go on to play some teams that will really test them. I'm really excited for Vietnam to have a chance to play at the World Cup. And this is going to be an awesome showcase for both teams to see what happens to start us off. The Netherlands, the next game, have we've played them a lot recently. We played them, obviously, in the 2019 final, which was a crazy game. We won two to nothing. Um, We scored on a PK by Pino, and then Rose scored that legendary epic goal that I think everybody can picture. Um, And then we also drew the Netherlands at the Olympics, but we won on PKs. So that game was a little bit closer. Um, We actually went down at the beginning of the game. It seems like this game is going to be the biggest test, but the Netherlands do have their, one of their best players, Vivian Medema out with an injury. 
she's been on that list of players we keep seeing who unfortunately are injured and will be missing this World Cup. But they have some other big-time players like Lyneth Bjornstein, who plays for Juventus. She's scored in four of her last five international matches. And then Lique Martins, whose name has been at the top of the lists of great players for years. She's at PSG. Um, and she'll definitely be instrumental for them as well. I'm really excited to watch this game. I don't know what time it's on at, but this is one that everybody's going to be tuning into. I think when you play a team you know is a great matchup for you, it sets you up to have your best game because you know that you have to. So I feel like we'll actually see great soccer from both teams here and the U.S. performance in this game will be super telling of how they're doing in the tournament. And um, I'm really confident that they're going to pull it out and come out at the top of the group. And then they're going to play Portugal third. Uh, This is also Portugal's first trip to the World Cup. Uh, A name people might recognize, Jessica Silva, who played for Kansas City for a year. She's their key striker. I think having two teams in your group who are at their first World Cup is a positive thing, but I wouldn't count anybody out. I think this could be a tricky group. Um, I think the U.S. knows exactly what to do. They've been here before. Coming out on the top of the group is obviously a goal going into it, but you just take it one game at a time. You keep everybody healthy. You try to get some goals on the, sh- on the score sheet. Super confident in the U.S., but I think this will be a really fun group to watch. The other contenders, and this is not an exhaustive list, but these are some teams that I think will give everybody a little helpful guide as you're picking out games to watch and which games to set your alarm for. So let's talk about one of the two hosts, Australia. This team starts and ends with Sam Kerr. Sam Kerr, just my favorite Love her so much. She's someone who can score on anyone in the world. She's dominated every domestic league she's ever played in. She is also super experienced. I mean, she's played in a bunch of World Cups, a bunch of Olympics. She's played in Champions League. She's played for Chelsea. She's played in the NWSL. Um, She went to her first World Cup at age 17 in 2011. So she's part of this group of Australia who has a ton of veteran experience, even though they're like still in the middle of their careers. Another thing to note about Australia is their coach, Tony Gustavson, who worked with the U.S. team during the last two World Cups. I think Tony is like a tactical wizard and so much of these tactical, technical things that I've learned about soccer actually came from doing film with Tony. So, so much respect for him. So much respect for Australia. Always a really hard team to play against. You have to watch out for Sam Kerr and a bunch of other players. So I will be side rooting for Australia far down after the U.S. just because I love Sam Kerr so much. Canada, the reigning Olympic champions, they're another team to watch. They're still led by Christine Sinclair. Always a really difficult team to beat. Their group has Australia, Nigeria, and the Republic of Ireland. You would think Australia and Canada are favorites coming out of this group, but this is a kind of a crazy group. So we might get some results that people don't expect, and these are definitely games that people are going to want to watch. The number two team in the FIFA rankings is Germany. They were runners-up at the Euro in 2022. They lost an extra time to England in that crazy game that Chloe Kelly scored the game winning goal right at the end. They don't have as many players with household names that we probably all know their names, but I feel like this team has experience. They have they all have great club experience. Alexandra Pop is the captain and the leader. She'll be the most capped player on the field for Germany. And Lena Oberdorf is a rising star. She's 21. She was named the young player of the tournament at the 2022 Euros. So definitely don't sleep on Germany. I think they're like a very clinical team. They're disciplined, super athletic, definitely a great history there too. So they definitely will know what they're doing. I think Spain is another team that, would have been a favorite. They've been dealing with this roster turmoil 
situation. They've had 15 players step away from the team and protest over conditions and coaching. Some of those players have come back, but a lot of them have not. Super disappointing because Spain was considered a young and rising team and could have had an awesome performance at this World Cup. They still could. We had a super close game with them in the round of 16 in 2019, and they'll still be competitive. I think with teams like this who either have a ton of injuries or have had a lot of like roster changes, I feel like it's hard to expect what we would have expected. But I feel like also sometimes that like lends itself to a new freedom or a new creativity or something that the world didn't expect. So I definitely wouldn't count them out. Spain is always super fun to watch and they have some of the best players in the world. So I'll definitely be keeping an eye on them. France is another team that's been dealing with player protests, but they did change coaches when Renard is back. We heard Lindsay Horan talk about how important she is to that team when she came on snacks a few weeks ago. Their new coach is Herb Renard. He led the Saudi Arabian men's team to the biggest upset of the men's world cup last year over Argentina. Everybody probably remembers that game. That was wild. This team won't have a ton of time together before the tournament, but they have talent, they have experience, they have a good coach. So France, another great side that historically is kind of at the top of the list of, of top teams. And of course we have England. We've talked so much about England. They're also a little bit injury plagued. They'll be missing Fran Kirby, Beth Mead, and Leah Williamson, unfortunately. They just won the Euros. Uh, they have all this momentum coming into the tournament. They have players playing all over the world in different leagues, really improving a young squad that just feels like it has such an energy about it. I think they've been a, a little bit of the favorite along with the U.S., a really good team, really great manager, really excited to watch England. Some of my favorite players on that team are Kira Walsh and Georgia Stanway, who I played with at Man City. Oh my gosh, some of these girls, Lauren Hemp is so good, Chloe Kelly. These girls are so fun to watch. So. I'll be trying to watch all of England's games. And then we have Sweden, always a threat. They beat us at the last Olympics. They fell just short in the gold medal game after really being the top team all tournament. They're number three in the world right now. A small country, but they roll out. Like they just must have a great program. Like they're always really good. They have top, top players. And I expect them to do well this summer. They'll have five players with at least 100 caps and 10 players who have all scored 10 or more international goals. Another team to look out for is Brazil. Brazil, people are going to recognize a ton of names from the NWSL. Leading scorer currently is Caroline. Obviously, Dabinha. Everybody loves Marta. Bruninha has been scoring for Gotham. So Brazil is totally another team to look out for. I think that they've had like like up and down performances in world in world tournaments over the years. But if they really get together and perform the way that they can, they're for sure a team to look out for. Um, I love watching Dabinia play on the international stage. I just think she's like the most fun player to watch. And then last but not least, I just want to say, don't sleep on New Zealand. We're so excited that they're hosting their group definitely has a pathway to advance. And you will hear our interview later in this episode. Our girl, Allie Riley is ready to lead them to greatness. So we're super excited for New Zealand. One of the host teams at this tournament. Okay. Closing thoughts. I think when we think about the last world cup, Rose Lavelle had this huge opportunity as a younger player. I think we would identify her as kind of the breakout star in 2019 Looking at this new roster, who are these young players who are going to really step up and have this opportunity to become this breakout star this year? Uh, I'm super excited to see Emily Fox's impact. I think Sophia Smith is like one of the players I'm most excited about. She has this huge opportunity to be an absolute force on the attack. 
She's in great form. She's been scoring goals lately for Portland. She's been doing great for the national team. This is a huge tournament to see how she performs on the world stage. Hopefully some of these young players like have a big impact on the tournament. Maybe they'll get a lot of minutes. We have Alyssa Thompson coming. Obviously, this is Lynn's first World Cup. I think that Lynn could be super dangerous. She's sometimes such a surprise for the other team when you don't face speed like that all the time. I think you get like kind of shocked when you like realize how fast and aggressive Lynn is, how much pressure she can put on you. So super excited to see Lynn's impact as well. Christy's going to her first World Cup. I'm really excited to see her go out there, be consistent, bring in a little bit of that, just like calming down the midfield. But she's also so great at playing those balls forward into dangerous situations. So obviously big fan of Lynn and Christy here. Like Becky said last week, I think that the World Cup is just such an elevated spectacle. Like this is really just the highest level you can be playing at. And if you can do well here, you can do well anywhere. So for these new players, it's just a huge test. And I'm pumped to see how that they how they can perform. We have a ton of veterans on the team as well, though. Lindsay, Crystal, Rose, Alex, Pino, stepping up taking the team on their backs, taking care of what they need to take care of. We know they're going to be great. Those are players I think we count on game in and game out. Kelly in the league for the national team. These are players who we just like know what to expect from them. So they're going to do great. They're going to crush it. They know what they're doing. Uh, I think having tons of leadership like this is going to help the young players have more confidence in each game at this World Cup. The last World Cup was being pitched as like the U.S. versus Europe. In 2011 and 15, the U.S. played Japan in the final. But in 2019, the quarterfinals were made up of seven European teams in the U.S. Obviously, the U.S. ended up winning both. But big questions for the summer. Can the U.S. win three? Yes. Will Europe get in there and have one of those teams who have been at the top get over the hump? Or is there another breakthrough team outside the U.S. and Europe? Australia, Canada, Brazil. We always talk about Japan. I hate predictions. I'm obviously rooting for the U.S. If I had to make a prediction, of course it would be them. Doesn't mean that it's going to be easy. I don't think winning a World Cup should be easy, but I 100% think that they can do it. I'm rooting for them. I'll be cheering for them in the middle of the night. Let's wrap there. There are even more teams that I didn't mention, but this was getting long and I was getting out of breath. So super excited to see how the group stages go. And then the knockouts and the possible matchups are really exciting. Um, I hope people are looking at their calendars. And I hope that this was helpful and got everybody really excited. So I am done babbling to you by myself. I'm about to have this wonderful interview with Lynn where she talks about getting the call from Blacko, making the World Cup team, how excited she is, if her family's coming or not. And then we're going to talk to Allie Riley for the long promised interview. We play a fun game with her. She gives us such an awesome insight into her New Zealand national team. Welcome back to Snacks. I'm Sam Buis. I'm here with Lynn Williams of the U.S. Women's National Team. Before we get into interviewing her, we're going to start with a little segment called The Call, presented by AT&T 5G. Lynn, can you tell us about when you got the call from Blacko? So I was um, practicing playing baseball because I needed to work on my first pitch that I'm going to be doing at the Yankees game. <laughs> uh, and I couldn't take it anymore, so I was pacing and stuff. So I was like, let's just go outside and throw the ball. And then Black would call or text and said, let me know when you have a minute. And I said, Blacko, I've had all I the have minutes. A minute. <laughs> I've had all the minutes all day. And then he told me, he called me and I naturally answered. And he said, how are you doing? And I said, well, I'm nervous, sir. Let me, I'll tell you how I'm doing if you give me some good news or bad news. Just spit it out. Spit it out. And then he said I was um, on the roster and I held back tears until we got off the call. And then I cried. Oh, so you did cry. Who did you call to tell first? Marley. And what did Marley say? 
he was so proud. Well, I had to call him three times because he was asleep. Um, and I said, well, this is a downer. But I called him three times. He just said he was so proud of me that I worked so hard. And then I could hear him crying. And we just saw her crying. It was just one big cry. Oh my God, I'm, I'm going to cry now. <laughs> That's so cute. Did you sleep at all the night before? No, no sleeping. Oh, I thought, dear. I thought that I was going to be less anxious, like just after that last game, thinking like, oh, I, I've done everything I can do. Like, it's up to Vlaco now. But no, I couldn't sleep at all. Zero sleep. It's a very stressful time, but I am so pumped for you. Thank you. Be sure to catch the call presented by AT&T 5G to relive the moment when other players found out they'd be going to this year's World Cup. You can watch on U.S. Soccer's social channels now. And then, Lynn, we're just yeah. going to keep on asking you yeah. about you making the World Cup team. What else do you want to tell us about the moment, oh, no. about anything? What else is going through your mind? What I wanted to say to you, this is like such a me thing to do. Do you know how, I don't know if I've been telling you how when I go into the big legs, I fall asleep. Sinead, I kind of like pointed out, do you know how like I have so much nerve pains in my legs? Mm-hmm. I was telling Sinead this and she was like, I feel like when you are in the big legs, they're all compressed. So like you can actually, your legs can relax finally and oh. you can just sleep. So anyways, I, the night before I was up at 4am, just wide awake. And I was like, what am I going to do? My legs are around first. I'm up and down. So I got into the big legs around like 6 a.m., fell asleep until 8.30. And I usually leave the house for training at 8.20. Oops. So I was rushing to training, but like literally on the couch, just knocked out in the big legs. I'm sorry. Was Is this just like a random insert into the story? Or like, was this the day you got the phone call from Blacko? This this is just uh, the day I got the phone call from Blacko. Like, I'm just telling you. Oh, <laughs> I'm right. Wow. It is a random story, but I'm just telling you what happened. Well, like, so incredible to know that the big legs put you to sleep. Thank you. Also, Black sent me this this video. So he's like, are you free to um, chat? And then I was like, yeah. And then he sent me a clip of myself, like, losing the ball and then hustling back and, like, getting it. But then he didn't call me for, like, five more minutes. But anyways, it, like, led into the conversation that I had with him. But that was also a funny thing that happened. Wow, that sounds like a stressful five minutes. Okay, so looking back, what do you think is like a defining moment in your career that led you to making this roster? I don't know. I feel like, I don't know if there's one defining moment. I feel like obviously everybody's like, Lynn's speed, she's speed, blah, blah, all this stuff. But I think like my just will and like stubbornness to like not accept no I feel like if you look at my career in general like I've had a lot of success but I've also had like a lot of down and had to like fight every single step of the way I don't think that my path has been very easy so I think that like just being stubborn and just continuing to be like okay I'm just gonna keep putting my head down and keep grinding um and then I think just one thing that does make me special on the national team is just my defensive efforts and pressure and knowing that if I'm not going to be the one that scores the goal, I'm going to not allow them to score the goal or I'm not going to give defenders enough time to to think on the ball, which then will hopefully allow the, our team to create and do other things. But I don't know if there's just like one moment. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> what stands out for you? I mean, you've struggled through injury. like Yeah. And like also some crazy injuries and you've played through pain. I think... I always think back to not you not making it in 2019 and your resolve to just keep going and like you doing so well in the league every year is just like this 
this showcase of consistency of like, if I'm not getting picked, like I am literally checking all of these boxes. So like, that's on you. That's not on me. Yeah. And seeing you take, um, like getting told no. And at first being like, Oh, maybe this means I'm not good enough. But hearing you recently talk about like, that's not what it means at all. I know I'm good enough. And I know that I could contribute to this team. And if I'm not chosen, it's not a reflection of if I'm a good player or not. It's a reflection of the manager's yeah. desire to put piece together a roster. And I think just seeing your confidence grow through all those moments of adversity, like you said, has just been this like building to a crescendo of making it. And I know you're going to go and do great and crush it. And it's just going to like keep going up. So I agree. It's been a lot of moments. Same. Yeah, I looking back now like obviously 2019 were devastating for me like I wasn't even in the 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 team like all of 2018 I believe or like the going into 2019 and it was like obviously devastating because I thought I like deserved to be there I felt like I was good enough but now looking back I'm like was I mentally ready to be there like I don't think so I think that there's so many times where I have believed and I've said this, like, I believe I'm good enough. I believe I'm more than just like being fast. I think I'm, I bring more to the team than just that. But because the outside world has said this to me for so long that like at some point I started believing it or I started like putting so much of my game into what other people thought. And now I think like, as I've gotten older, I'm like, so what if I'm fast? Like, if you can't stop it, who cares? Like, I don't think that that's all I am. But like, sure, if you think I'm just fast, like I'm doing pretty good for just somebody who's just fast. Like, I think I've switched it in my mind um, as to opposed like before I would like be like, oh, but they said this and I want to prove them wrong. And I'm mm. like, okay, who cares? Because you think when people point out that you're fast, they're pointing out that like you're not sufficient in other areas. You're just fast. Is that what yeah. you mean? Yeah, I think, yeah, that they diminish like all the other qualities that I bring. Like, especially that defensive presence. Obviously you score a lot, a ton of goals, having a good first touch, being able to make good runs in behind yeah. all those things get overlooked because you have this like superpower. And instead of now trying to prove people like, look, I'm good at all these other things too. You're just like, I'm just going to play like I, this is the player that I am and it's good and it's working. Yeah, exactly. And I think that like, that's been the difference of even when I like obviously didn't get selected for the full roster in 2020 2021 i think that that's maybe that's the defining moment that's when it switched where i was like who cares like i'm just gonna go play like i don't care i put everything into it and at the end of the day it's subjective like whatever the coach thinks and whoever the players are around that can build this team like if the coach thinks you can be the best player in the world but if you don't fit into the mold of the team then it it doesn't work so I think maybe that is a defining moment. I was like, I don't care. This is the player I am. This is the one you get. Yeah. I wanted to ask if that making this and getting this phone call feels so totally different than the phone call you got about the Olympics, about being an alternate. Yeah, it does. I think that, you know, like, you know, when the roster's coming out and the numbers, you, everybody's like putting every person's name down and you're like counting, counting. Like, <laughs> yeah. Literally counting. You're like, okay, there's 18 players. There's 23 players. I think these ones are for sure. These are like bubbles, blah, blah, blah. And so with the Olympics, like I knew, and it's crazy to say, but like, I knew it was going to be between me or Christy at the time. I remember saying that to you too. And I was like, I'm not going, Christy's going. Oh, um, because I had just like figured it out I feel like I'm also like a very realistic person but leading up to that too I was like doing the same thing I was doing in my brain 
for the World Cup, like spiraling basically, like wanting something so bad and seeing that it was so close that I just like stopped playing how I can play. And if I'm like messed up or missed a pass, I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to make the team and I'm going to blow all this stuff. So I think it was that like she believed I finally got Mel as her sports psych and she was just like, stop doing that. And so then going into the Olympics, I think that like there was that one last game where I went in for like two minutes and Mel was like, you got to show everything you possibly can show for two minutes. And I think I did that. I was like running, I got the ball back, played it and then scored the goal. And I was like, that's all I got. Like (laughs) that's what I can do. And obviously the call wasn't, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't like you made the team, you're an alt, it was, you're an alternate. So I think that actually solidified me being an alternate because I don't know if I was going to actually even be an alternate at all. And then this time I was like, I just don't want to ever feel that feeling again of like, not that I was going to make it or not make it, but that I didn't feel like I gave it my all or gave myself a chance to even make it. So going into this call, I had a good, like a, a good idea that I'd be making it. You never know though, but I yeah. was more okay with like, I literally did everything I could possibly do. And if you did, if they didn't want me, then I was like, what, what can I do? Like, I, yeah, I try, at least I tried. Why do you think like, well, not why do you think this is obviously like a true statement, but like you have what, how many caps do you have? 51, 50, So you have over 50 caps. You've been playing, been playing for the national team for years. You have a bunch of goals, a bunch of assists. Yeah. Why is it that we don't really feel like we're on the team until we make a, a huge tournament roster like this? Like this is such a huge moment because you're I like, know. you have to make a world cup or Olympics. And even though you have all this experience, it's like, this is the moment that you wait for. I know. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I just feel like because this it's like a trial, like all the camps are trials yeah. for yeah. The, the roster. It's like years of trials. Exactly. I, that's how I explain it to people all the time. I'm like, well, it's just like a constant tryout. Yeah. And people are like, what do you mean? Like you're on the team. And I'm like, no, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> no, it's just like a revolving team forever. And then yeah. I feel like once you make a roster, you're on the team. Yeah. But then you could be for dropped. That like tournament. For yeah. that tournament. Yeah. And then you could be dropped from the team at any moment. It's stressful. Why do we do this? It's super competitive. Yeah. Okay. So there's some versatile players on the roster. I feel like being versatile, maybe being able to play multiple, multiple positions in a roster, a locked roster where things could change. Somebody could get hurt. God forbid. A game plan could change. Yeah. You're versatile. Do you think you'll play out what? in the middle do you what do you see what's your expectation I mean I think that historically I've played in the wide position so either the seven or the 11 but more recently with Gotham I've played in the nine also like obviously with North Carolina I was a nine too but it was just a double nine instead of the one so I can see myself like doing both I feel like the national team does see me as a seven or eleven but who's, I don't, I don't know. I, I think that like, maybe I can go in as like a backup, not yeah. literally have no idea. I have no idea, but I think that like, it is good that the difference being here uh, than when I was in, when we were in North Carolina is I felt like because we would play one system and then come into the national team, I was like having to learn a new system all the time. Mm. Whereas I feel like I've gotten reps in both of all three positions, actually the seven, 11 and the nine with, with yeah. Gotham. So I feel like more comfortable to, if halfway through a game, somebody's like, you have to go here. I'll be like, okay, like, it's fine. I've seen, I've seen the runs. I've seen the, almost like the chess match before just stepping into that position. Do you have any goals for the time between now and when the tournament starts? Yeah, stay healthy. Okay. <laughs> um, 
Um, no, actually, that is the goal. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, first and foremost, like I have one more game with Gotham, and we are playing Chicago, and right now we're stay- sitting in sixth place. So I, I think, first of all, that getting a win is very important to this season. So hopefully we can leave on like a high note because we'll be losing like a lot of players to the World Cup. So I think that's what's on my mind first, even though like all of this World Cup news is exciting. We always talk about like being able to compartmentalize and Mm -hmm. that club is very important as well. So I think that is a goal. And then I think that, um, you know, the games, they start in 30 days. I just saw that. That's like freaking crazy. I know. I think that like just accepting whatever role I'm given and like live into that 100%. I think that we've talked about this before of the best teams are the ones that everybody can get on the same page the quickest Mm -hmm. and so i want to like if for for some reason like i'm on the bench like be the best bench player ever if i'm like a sub be the best sub ever um and so i'll like make the the back line like work really hard because if i'm the best then they're going to be the best and then Mm -hmm. i can stay ready if i'm a starter hopefully be the best starter i could possibly you know, so I just want to, like, live into whatever role I'm given. Like, those are my two goals. Is Marley coming to all the games? Is your family going? Yeah, so Marley and my mom are going to be at every single game. Oh, They're coming for the whole gosh. time. I know. They're coming for the whole time. My sister is going to come for, I think, two games. Unfortunately, my dad can't make it because work. And then I think I have, like, two friends that are going to come, too, which I'm, like, cool. like super excited about. And that's it. And then we'll have a Lynn crew. Oh my gosh. That is so amazing. Where you guys are in New Zealand first. Yeah. So we go Auckland, then Wellington, then Auckland. And then if we get out of the group, then we'll go to Sydney. Did you know Wellington is the windiest city in the world? Fun fact. I did not. Now you do. I, I've been to New Zealand. I actually was in New Zealand for a U17 World Cup in 2008. Can you believe that? No. Actually, I can't believe that. I thought you were going to say you were in New Zealand for a wedding recently. Well, and I was I was like, how are you going to add? Everybody's like, yeah, we know. You talked about it enough. Wait, I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Like, do you have any advice? That is freaking, what was next on my list? Oh, sorry, sorry, you go, you go. My question is, do I have any advice for Lynn? And it's a question for myself. I have a little advice for everybody, I think, that's going, if anybody cares to listen. Two things. One thing before the World Cup, in the time that you guys have in camp together before, that's like... The time, like that is the time to hang out. Like, I know it feels sometimes easier to like after dinner, like go back to your room, like be on your own, like focus, rest, call people. But like, you have to like invest in each other. And even if it's just like sitting in a common area and like having a cup of tea or like having dessert or like playing a game, like spending 30 minutes, like just hanging out with a group is so, so, so important. I think in 2019, when we went to Tottenham, we all were doing that because we were just so like totally on our own. And I think it made a huge difference in a way that like later in later years, I think COVID like prevented that probably for all teams from having that hangout time. So I think when you can like invest in those moments and then the only during the tournament, like the only I like blacked out and the things that I remember like having fun doing were dancing in the hallway with Rose and Sonnet, eating funfetti cake for somebody's birthday, like sitting in my room with Crystal and like talking about our feelings. Like 
one day yeah. I got to like go away and have a normal day with Pat. We had a total, like a, a full day off and we like went for a walk in France and like it's little moments that you can like connect with other people and relax for a second that you'll, that like, I think are like survival moments that get you through the stress and like the hype and like the media and the trainings and the games and the meetings and all this stuff. Like you need little human moments too. So like, don't forget about those moments and how important they are. I think that's really important obviously i've never been to like a world cup but like during covid in the olympics i do feel like that was a huge missing piece and it just sucked because there was like so many rules like you can't go here you can't do this you have to sit at your your table and you like i've only yeah. talked to the same three people every single day i know i think it this is like you have so much time before together and it's a huge opportunity to like bond i know this sounds lame but like bond and like connect with people because connecting over tea and dinner is so easy and then connecting in a stadium where you like have to be at your very best is so hard so like yeah. do the easy one and then the hard one will be easier yeah true that we we also talked about that in like club too you know how like yeah last year with kansas city we went to img and we we're like force family fun and we did that same yeah. thing with gotham and so it's so funny that we talk about that all the time. And then sometimes with the national team, we just like forget about it. So yeah. I will try my best to force everybody to hang out with each other. Yeah. I have no friends when we come back. <laughs> so like, Lynn, get away from me. Everybody's like, Lynn is so annoying. <laughs> <laughs> like, Sam told me um, to do this. <laughs> okay, Lynn, that's all I have. I'm so happy for you. You deserve it so Thank much. You. I'm so proud of you. And you're going to be great. Thank and you. we have Allie Riley coming on next so don't move we're going to talk to her about the world cup and new zealand and we're going to play a fun game so we'll be right back all right lynn it is time for one more entry into the snacks hall of fame brought to you by nike for our final snacks before the world cup we are going to go with someone who is still in the game who is heading to this year's world cup and is a small but mighty force on and off the field a women's world cup winner uh, olympic bronze medalist a four-time she believes champion a Women's FA Cup, NWSL Shield, and CONCACAF Women's Championship winner. And she has a dog named Wilma Jean Wrinkles, who lives up to that name. It's Rose Lavelle. Rose, Lovey. congratulations. You've been inducted into the Snacks Hall of Fame, brought to you by Nike. You truly are a legend, a young, thriving legend, a pre-legend, and we're very excited to watch you this summer. Rose is a... Rose hates food, so she's going to have to be something that she actually eats. Oh, she's like a Swedish fish. I was going to say like a fruit snack. She's just like a bag of fruit gummies. But she also eats Chipotle. I think she's fruit snacks. I think she's got a lot of tricks in her bag. She's a bowl of tricks? Strawberry tricks, orange tricks. So she's not a fruit snack. She's, oh, she's tricks fruit snacks or is she like a bowl of cereal? Uh, I was saying fruit snacks, but she could be a bowl of cereal too. Like a trick cereal? But who knows? I guess she does actually like cereal. She does eat cereal. She, I know she eats go-go squeezes, but we already gave that away, I think. Oh, no, we didn't. What? This is getting out of hand. Rose, congratulations. You're a fruit snack. You have a little bit of every flavor. I thought she was cereal. You, why do you keep coming up back to the cereal thing? Because you just said, I guess she is. She likes cereal. Who would have thought? Do you think that Nike thought that their segment would get us in a fight? Are we in a fight? I am. I'm in a fight with somebody. And if it's not you, I guess it's Rose. Because we can't decide what you are, Rose. So that's your fault. You're a tricks. 
She's just the bunny. She's just the tricks bunny instead. She doesn't get to be a snack because she doesn't eat snacks. Welcome to the Snacks Hall of Fame brought to you by Nike. You are a difficult snack to define just as you are. Difficult to stop on the field. That's welcome to the Snacks Hall of Fame. Allie, we're so excited to have you on Snacks because we love you and... You love just women's sports. You've worked with them in the past. And because the World Cup is in New Zealand this year, and that's your team, how are you feeling about everything? I'm so excited. It's so close. And I remember when we were making the social announcements, like one year to go, like 100 days to go. And so now that it's here, it's an interesting time shifting focus between the NWSL and the World Cup and not having a camp for so long uh, Mm -hmm. in the lead up. But I am so excited to have half the world because we're sharing with Australia, of course, just descend upon New Zealand. And I think it can change so much for specifically women's soccer in New Zealand, but just for little girls to open their minds to just dream big. And I'm excited having the U.S. not in our group, but staying nearby to have some familiar faces to hopefully grab a little coffee with when we're not playing. And yeah, it's uh, it's I'm nervous, but in a good way. Yeah, when we were there in January, it was like such a cool and like surreal feeling because you were like, this is, it's eight months away, but it's also so close. Um, Allie, just in case people don't know, actually, can you just explain, obviously you grew up in California, right? But you have this Mm -hmm. New Zealand tie that allows you to play for New Zealand. Can you just explain that process a little bit? Yes. So I don't have a New Zealand accent because I grew up in LA. (laughs) (laughs) But my dad is from Christchurch and he moved to the U.S. after college and met my mom. So I've never lived in New Zealand, but spent a lot of time there growing up visiting my grandparents and my cousins, aunts and uncles. And then now with the national team, I've Mm -hmm. probably been there at least once a year for my entire life. So but never in the, the capacity of hosting a World Cup. So that will be new. But yeah, it's a being a dual citizen is really really cool it's opened up so many doors for me um but also of course you get a lot of questions about it yeah yeah well it's pretty incredible that you are the captain of that team having lived in in California (laughs) um so did you did you always want to play for New Zealand or like how, how was that process like when did you decide well I wanted to be Brianna Scurry that dream died pretty early um and then I thought, you know, maybe me a ham, you know, but I, I never got called into any of the U.S. camps and I, I didn't know about the New Zealand national team. Of course, there hasn't been the same type of um, coverage and the same type of su- success as, as the U.S. women's national team has had. And so I grew up dreaming to play for the U.S., but that that didn't seem to be a possibility. And so when New Zealand started investing into their under 20 team, in preparation for the first under 20 world cup really dating myself here in 2006 the first under 20 world cup i yeah sent in a dvd um Nuh-uh. if people know what that is um Did with you really? like highlights oh yeah my God, that's to new zealand so cool. like mailed it it's like it's like what you do when like, you try to so. get into college like back yeah. in the day too. Yeah. I also I also did that to get into college. Oh my god, I had so, no idea. That's so funny. Yeah. So um, you know, my dad helped me out, of course. He's like a momager times a thousand. <laughs> so sent the DVD over and got got invited to come to to train with the the New Zealand under twenty team and just fell in love. And that was just like 
there, there was no choice to like, I was never choosing between two teams. I was choosing mm. if I wanted to play for a national team or not at the time. Mm. And then of course, in retrospect, it's so easy to say like, what if, and I, I'm honored that people even think that there could be a what if or to, to think about things that could have been different, but to go from 2006 playing in the, the under 20 world cup and then in, getting called in to play for the senior team at the 2007 world cup in China, um, and then again, Beijing, I think it was just like the story was already beginning to be ri written. And I I love it. I it's it's a challenge. It's the resources are definitely limited. And when I see playing in the US and playing for Chelsea, playing for Bayern Munich and seeing the resources and yeah, it's it's a challenge and it's also very motivating. And what I get from playing here, especially from Angel City, what I learn um and the fuel it gives me to then fight for more and fight for better for my New mm -hmm. Zealand teammates and being a part of FIFA Pro, I just, uh, I think it's really shaped me to be the person I am and the player I am to start playing for the national team so young. So that's kind of how it happened, but I still haven't spent enough time to get that Kiwi accent. They always want me to try, but then are just <laughs> offended. So I don't know why they keep asking me. It's like a really hard accent. Like I feel like Australia and New Zealand are like, the hardest accents because you start sounding British and you're like, sorry, I messed yeah. up. Yeah. I either am like, I'm in Harry Potter or <laughs> I'm like dumb and dumber, like put a shrimp on the Bobby. Like I can't, I, it just swings like that. I can never do anything else. Allie, you spoke a little bit about like the challenges of having maybe less resources from your federation and then your club experience kind of showing you maybe what it could look like. How big of an opportunity is this world cup to kind of show people in New Zealand, your federation, what you all are capable of and what are you like looking for to change from this summer? It's a huge opportunity to do so many things. And it's also comes with a lot of pressure, I think to, to try to make a big impact, to kickstart something, thinking about what the 99 World Cup did. Of course, the U.S. won that World Cup. And I know we don't have those same expectations from, you know, externally. Of course, that's our goal is, as any team going to World Cup, is to win it. But, you know, we haven't won a game at a World Cup. And for me, to get that first win on home soil... To oh, I just got chills. <laughs> <laughs> to hopefully... Get out of the groove, I think. And again, just focusing on what we can control, having good performances, of course. I know that this team is filled with such incredible role models and they are players that any parent should want their kid to be looking up to and living their authentic life in the way that my teammates are. And despite the challenges we faced within our federation, with you know the coach we had where we had an investigation and we suffered abuse the resilience the i you know to we made the quarterfinals in the olympics and we've had these amazing moments but i know there's a lot of pressure to to win a game and to actually have a good world cup so that's our goal and i know if we do that so many little girls want to take up soccer and it will help our program have a successful future, which is so important to me on the back end of my career, having played for the team now since 2007. And again, more than that, I think I want there to be more opportunity for young girls of all backgrounds to be able to play soccer. We want to like improve the infrastructure and the system in New Zealand from the grassroots up 
um, to make sure that there are more opportunities for women, for referees, for coaches. There, There's field access for girls. There's so many things that I want to happen after this World Cup. And it starts to feel like a lot, I think. But I know that if one little girl is inspired to pick up sport, that it will improve her life and have her experience some of the amazing lessons that I've learned and how much sport has helped me, whether she becomes a professional player or a national team player or not. And if anyone feels like they belong in sports that didn't feel like that before, that again, like those are wins too. And I'm not saying that as like a cop out to say we don't want to win the actual soccer. It's something that is talked about a lot with Angel City, but it's, it's in addition to I want all of these things. And it's such a huge opportunity. And that's the legacy that I want to leave, to leave the game in a better place for all people in New Zealand and globally. So this is a big chance to do that. Yeah, I I loved all that, first of all. And I love like how passionate you were. We've talked about how even with the US, like we feel sometimes that we have to wear so many hats and it would be great if we could just be soccer players um, and not have to like worry about all of these things because as women, sometimes it seems like we don't get investment until we prove that we can do all these things. And it's like, well, why don't you just invest? And naturally, of course, we're going to succeed. Like we have proven over and over and over and time and time again. So I hope that like New Zealand obviously does well. I think anytime the, the world starts improving, it's just amazing for women's sports. So New Zealand, you guys are like all over the place though. Like in the US, we, we, most of us play in the NWSL. I think about like England, most of the the players play in um, the Super League over there. And so how, do you find that difficult? Yeah, of of course. Like how do it's, you guys connect? It's really, it's a unique situation. It's something that of course, New Zealand already is very isolated in terms of its location and, mm-hmm. and getting friendlies and, and games. That's something that we struggled with a lot in kind of the early to middle parts of my time. Now we are playing every window, which a lot of teams take for granted, but we have not always played fixtures in every international window. And we also, when I started playing, I think there were only two players playing professionally. And then there were some of us playing in college. Now to see players have clubs all over the world is, you know, the first step. Um, And then of course it would be great if we were kind of more, in the same location, but it's tough. And we're seeing a big shift, I think, which is an important change, having the Wellington Phoenix come into the Australian League. So the men have had a New Zealand team in the Australian League, and now the women do too. So it was two years ago, the team was formed, but they had to play in Australia. So this year was the first year that we had a New Zealand professional women's team playing in New Zealand. So again, this is something that other countries have had talking about the Domelsvenskin in Sweden, even in Italy and England. This has been going on for 30, 40, 50 years. This is now something, this is year one for New Zealand. <laughs> and just that alone, I think is, we're just really far behind, but I believe that we can have this progress. So my dream would be, yes, that if the Australian League, I know they're looking at with this World Cup, can they have a, a, a longer season, a full professional league that competes with all of these other leagues? And then if we can get two New Zealand teams in that three or have that be a Australian New Zealand league that the players wouldn't count as internationals. And if the investment is there and the salaries yeah. are there, like that could change everything. And I know it can take a while. Like Japan, it took 10 years after winning a world cup to, you know, become fully professional. 
And now Canada, it's been almost 10 years since hosting a World Cup to now get a professional league. But I do think having the Australian league there as already um, will help. But for us to have team meetings when we're not in camp, we are oh balancing the time so zones. many Ooh. time zones to go I from can only imagine. New Zealand, Australia. I'm in the middle. Then, of course, we have East Coast players playing in college. And then you go Iceland, England, Ooh. all the way, yes, to Central European so there's a lot of like makeup meetings. Yeah. I mean, our staff <laughs> is um, having Ooh. a lot of meetings. They'll do the meetings three times to accommodate us. And it's, it is hard to connect. So we try to have meetings where, you know, you're watching footage, you're commenting, you're in a group on WhatsApp. You are like in smaller groups planned on where you geographically, mm -hmm. but it is a challenge, especially now in this long period where we don't have a, a window. But it's just, it's kind of part of it. You know, you have to embrace it. I'm like, just so, so positive. So I'm like, this is something that is unique to us. And then us playing in all these different leagues, it's hopefully we're getting these great experiences, life experiences. And also we want players playing at the best clubs they can be at. So we don't want to limit anyone because it would be like geographically better for us. But my dream is one day we could be having players be able to live sustainably and play in New Zealand or Australia. And or everyone come to the NWSL. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, Allie, can you like tell us a little bit more about your teammates? Like besides you, obviously, who else on the field should we be looking for this summer? Oh my gosh. I could talk <laughs> forever about my teammates. They're awesome. Um, one player that I think has been standout, especially since she's just kind of come back from a long absence is Rebecca Stott. She's played um, in the NWSL. She beat cancer, ankle surgery, and she looks so good. And I think she's peaking at the right time. She is like a saucy player. Like she's been playing center back for us, but she's someone who just like steps into the midfield, delivers passes left and right, um, is really good in the air. I think she, I remember her goal when we played in Canada against China, like she can do it all. And she's an amazing person. And I'm so happy to see her in her setup now in England at Brighton. Um, Rhea Percival is another player who is at Tottenham is coming back from an ACL and you know, she's kind of my ride or die. We've been on this team together now since the under twenties, since we were babies and you've got Katie Bowen who has played in the NWSL and, and won a championship at, at North Carolina. Betsy Hassett is playing in Iceland and made a real home for herself there and is doing really well in the league. Yeah, I there's so many players to watch. And I also think there's an opportunity for players like Grace Jolly, players Jackie Hand, who people don't know anything about yet. And this is going to be their first major tournament. And I think that's someone that th those types of young players are the ones that can have a breakout tournament that could really change yeah. their life Yeah, and inspire mm -hmm. so many players young players in New Zealand because a lot of us left home early. I've never lived in New Zealand. Someone like Abby Erseg left really early, but these are players that have kind of gone up through the system. Jackie went to college in the U S but really have developed in New Zealand. And mm -hmm. then someone like Grace Jolly playing in Australia, playing for the Phoenix last year. That's someone that that kind of story I think could really hit home with young players in New Zealand. So it's, it's players like that that I really hope 
have a breakout tournament and have a lot of people talking about them then could potentially you know get to a bigger club yeah. and just continue to progress in their careers and then that's a path that little girls could identify with yeah sorry for um not knowing this and being naive but has your roster come out yet no um it's gonna be the end of june so there i think there are a lot of players who have a chance again we have these injuries that as a lot of teams do right now unfortunately which i'm sure we could talk for a long time about but that's impacted us so i think there there are a lot of players who aren't in season right now who are training in new zealand with our coaches and the staff and it's it's competitive which is really good it's not something we could have maybe said four years ago that they're it's not really sure even who our starting 11 is going to be because we do have we have more depth than we've had before I know it's such like an exciting time in women's sports um are you guys how are you guys like feeling about your group so you're playing Norway the Philippines and Switzerland every group is so competitive (laughs) and we haven't been having great results I'll be the first to say that um, we did play the Philippines last year and we eked out a win. I think they are spending time together and every it's like you come into these tournaments and some teams are going to be like, we have no pressure. We're going to go and surprise the world. And then you have other teams like I think in Norway, which is probably thinking like we need to win this group. We should win this group like their players are playing at the top clubs in the world. And then I think Switzerland coming out of Europe to qualify is a huge testament to any team. Like that's such a hard region and confederation to get out of. So I do think it's tough. I think that first game is like, if we can come out, come out of the blocks, like with the home advantage and have that game be a really strong performance. If we can win that game, I feel like anything is possible. I think we're looking at Philippines as like being a must win, but they're probably thinking the same thing about us. So I just think that, yes, we could have, it could have been a harder group, but they're like, you can't sleep on any of these teams. And yeah, I, we're going to have to be really good on each day, I think, to, to get our first win and, and to get out of the group. Yeah, for sure. You've mentioned this longer break, which is something that obviously like keeps coming up on this podcast because I think everybody we're talking to is like, it's so weird. We have this really long yeah. sit in the NWSL right before this really important tournament. Um, if we were going to kind of transition now to talk a little bit more about Angel City, like how do you feel like being in the NWSL and being at Angel City is preparing you for the World Cup this summer? And is there anything that you have to do differently? Like, do you have a national team program that you're kind of supplementing or adding in at all? Like, do you have your mind on New Zealand and you're half your mind on Angel City? Do you know what I'm saying? Is it a combo? Yeah, of course. I think the priority right now is staying healthy, which is sometimes out of your control. And we're seeing these injuries happen that it's really, I think, gives any player anxiety, especially as we get closer and closer. But it's like one of those things where you have to do everything you can to recover and do your prehab. And I have, you know, hundreds of exercises for every part of my body at, you know, (laughs) 35, trying to run around with an 18 year old every day. But then it's like, if you're too anxious and you're pulling out of tackle, like I I can't play like that either. So I'm just trying to go into every day with a positive mindset, with confidence, like shutting out the noise at Angel City. Of course, we're getting a lot of criticism right now. We're at the bottom of the table. That's, That's not easy. With the pressure of having the World Cup, I think if I think too much about all of the 
the things and again all the hats that that we have to wear that i have to wear i think it's too much and so i go and like i gratitude mindfulness is like my mo and i just feel so lucky to be 35 years old playing at home at this incredible club yes i feel like it prepares me i'm training against some of the top attackers i believe in this country in the world i'm competing against great defenders for my spot I'm the captain. I get to work on my leadership every single day. That gets challenged, especially when you're losing. There's similar challenges that I face for the national team. I'm not saying it's a good thing to have these similar challenges, but especially with my position, I think in terms of a program, there's really good communication between the national team and the club. I my my role that I play on the field and off the field is similar. And I have been switching from like left back, right back on both teams. So oh, I think having that exposure. Awesome. Now with Angel City is important too. Um, I really just want to be able to do my best like in whatever situation I'm put in, whether I'm coming in off the bench, I'm supporting the team. Like if I can't train because I need to rest my body that day, how am I giving everybody energy? And then how am I like taking care of myself so I can just be the best teammate for everyone on both teams? Um, And trying to stay connected with the national team is a challenge, but is important. Um, and then I will have, I'm heading over there July 2nd. So I will have like a couple weeks to reconnect with everyone and kind of get settled in New Zealand. But I feel like it's a privilege to be split, to have these two amazing teams, Mm -hmm. these two families on my mind. And by playing in LA and having my, my parents here, um, my partner was here. He'd only stay for 90 days, of course, but (laughs) It was like that kind of support is what I need to be able to balance everything. And that's, again, why I'm so excited about the league expanding. Um, I know it will come with challenges, but I just hope that every player has an opportunity one day in their career to play in a city that's at least close-ish to where they're from because I've never, like, I couldn't dream about this, like, in a million years to be in LA, to be seeing my parents all the time, um, to feel so much love and to be able to like have this purpose that's so much greater than myself and greater than soccer even yeah. to contribute to communities that raised me and that made this great city like what it is and have this platform in 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 my home. So that gives me a lot of a lot of energy to do both. So like now there's gonna be three teams in California. Like we went from zero teams to three teams. Like why do you think that took so long? I'm so sad that it did because of everything I just mentioned. And also playing for FC Gold Pride, getting drafted to FC Gold Pride um, from Stanford. I love that team. And we had such great support and we won the championship. And when that team folded, it was so heartbreaking. And for that to be, I mean, with the LA Soul the year before, which was the LA team with these stars, probably the most high profile team to date. I wanted to get drafted to that team. I didn't. Then it folded. Like California has had this really, I think, kind of heartbreaking history with women's soccer for the players that have played here and the success it's had. And also the number of little girls who play soccer in California, like they should have had these role models and been able to see games live. Now these little girls have that, but I'm just thinking of this huge gap, 12 years in Los Angeles, I guess that makes it 11 or yeah, in, in Northern California, but I'm just glad that it's changing now. Um, We can't really, we can learn from the past, but like can't dwell on it too much, but I'm just, uh, it's something that like I'm going to advocate so much for is just like with the proper investment 
with, I think, you know, we want the product with the refereeing and some of these things to get better along with the growth of the league. But it's like, I look at the MLS and, and now how long it's been going and how it's grown. And I feel like we can do that if we learn from them, from Europe, from established leagues, like we can grow even faster and is growing fast. And I'm just so excited for the game here, but also the better the league, the product is here. It pushes the other leagues and the better we are here, we can like get more players coming here. And I see the impact that these teams have had, that these players have had. You two, huge part of that with the national team, with this league, not only on the field, but like what we've fought for off the field. When I say we, I'm like, you know, adding myself into your thing, (laughs) but like with the U.S. national team, but also as a collective, I think with the NWSL and the Players Association, like we're really really changing the culture of this country which Mm -hmm. is incredible and that's why I'm like for us wearing all these hats like we're doing it and it's exhausting but like we're proud to do it because then the these young girls who are now gonna have three California teams to watch (laughs) they won't have to wear as many hats I feel like for the longest time people are like we can't have a team in California like there's not gonna be fans there's always so much other things to compete with blah 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 all this bullshit And you're like, the two teams in California now are breaking records, like, I feel like every weekend. So it's, like, pretty crazy and cool to watch. And it just shows another, like, you invest, you put the teams there, people do come out. You just have to have the investment. We're going to do one more question. Sam, is that all right? And then we can go to the game. But, okay, just because you're at Angel City, we have to ask, like, which celebrity were you most excited to meet? I knew you were going to ask this question. (laughs) And I have been thinking about it. It's so hard because I have these different like being my age, you're like, you see Hillary Duff and like your mind explodes. Yeah. Like that's crazy. Um, Yeah. But then I've gotten to know. I'm sorry. Wait, did you, is Hillary Duff involved in Angel City? Did I miss something or was she at a game? She was at a game. Oh my God. I I missed something. Hill. I mean, great if she's an investor, but I'm like, maybe she's just a fan. Lizzie McGuire. Lizzie McGuire. (laughs) Oh my God. Like. This is the thing. It's like, I'm not going to say it's distracting because like, of course, I am focused. I'm focused on the game. Of course when you are. some of these people we come onto the big screen. Yeah. <laughs> when, when, they're, when they come on the big screen, I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. This is so incredible. I also like, I, I mean, I already mentioned Mia Hamm. Like that for me too yeah. is like, this woman was my idol. I had two posters on my wall, Mia Hamm and Kobe Bryant. And like Vanessa came to a game, obviously a close friends of Sid, um, like that was incredible for me. And I don't know, like Tyra Banks, Simu Liu, like I, I like, it's oh just so, gosh. I don't know. Did you smile at her? <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. I tried. I tried. Um, <laughs> no, but one of the funniest, like the, one of the moments that I'll never forget is when Christina Aguilera was sitting there and Sarah Gordon like sprinted and cleared a ball. And I kid you not. This ball went right here <laughs> from from like three feet away because she's sitting on the field. Yeah. Sarah's sprinting to the sideline. She's these big oh sunglasses on. And I'm like, Christina, Sarah Gordon, watch out. <laughs> Sarah Gordon almost decapitated Christina Aguilera. I don't know what that would have done for like our, yeah, our situation. But oh no, I. Oh my gosh. I, um, there's just seeing the support is like, Gabrielle Union, like, yeah. I, like it's just. I think so she's much. like heavily involved before Angel City. I feel like she, I would always watch her like Women Crush Wednesday, and she was posting. 
yeah. players than NWSL. And I just think it's so cool. Yeah. So I like, I obviously can't pick one, but I think it goes from like this pride of having celebrities, public figures, like supporting the team, supporting women's soccer, where it's like, and I, I hate that I'm surprised. Like that's where like w- my career and my journey, like it's, you've been so ingrained with like, people don't care about women's sports. And so you're like, oh my gosh, like, like celebrities come to watch women's soccer. Like, I'm so happy that young, the the next generation hopefully won't be surprised by that. Mm-hmm. And it'll be normalized because why shouldn't they watch us? Like we're badass women. We're like playing at the highest level. This is so exciting. They go to other sports. Why wouldn't they come to our sports yeah. and be able to sit like courtside, you know, at an Angel City game? Like, that's fun. And so there's that side where I'm like, have that appreciation of that trying to stop being so surprised by it. But then also the ownership and the investors is like that other side of like, mm-hmm. and and every time you hear any of them speak about it, it's not charity for them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when you have it's, people yeah. who have that type of influence and those platforms like Natalie Portman, yeah, the list goes on and on saying like, no, I'm doing this. Like, I believe in the product. I think it's a good investment and I want to come to the games. And then like, there's that side of it. So yeah, I'm like, I, I want to give everyone their their shout out. I feel like that's been one of the biggest shifts in our time is that at the beginning, it was very charity, like do it support because it's the right thing to do, like oriented around yeah. that. And I've seen it shift to like, no, like this is a good investment. This is like a good place for me to put my money. Like you said, the product is awesome. These people believe in it. And seeing that shift into like a real business opportunity, I think has been so good for the game and so good for like more people hearing about it and wanting to get involved. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, with that, we're going to play a game. It's called New Zealand Snack Attack. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Okay, so in this game, (laughs) here's the explanation. We're going to take iconic New Zealand snacks. And first, we're going to let Allie tell you what the snacks are. So you all get excited to eat them when you go to watch the World Cup this summer. Then we're going to have to come up with what soccer situation or play that that snack like is or should apply to so for example if one of the snacks was cheeseburger which it isn't because that's an american snack food we would say the cheeseburger would definitely be a play where two mid this is jay's description right now two midfielders flank a striker the burger who puts some cheese on the ball into the back of the net Literally, what a weird and wild way to say it. I would say a cheeseburger is a different like, direction than I is thought. It's like a double body slam when like two players oh, yeah. run into the same person. So yeah, Jay, that's what I was thinking. Great job on the game, not on the description. We'll let we'll let you have a pass on this a one. Double body slam. I love that. Yeah. Wait, do okay. you have the snacks? We have. Yeah, we're we're gonna give them to them. them. So so if Ooh. I tell you the first snack, it's the mince pie. Can you explain what a mince pie is to our listeners? Okay, is this the like a sweet or a savory mince pie? Savory. Okay. So mince pie would be you would probably see this in England too, very English I think, is like a pastry that has some this would be mince, so this would be meat. So if you're thinking like ground beef inside Mm -hmm. it could have cheese like my yeah like a meat poi little cheese poi beautiful (laughs) okay so it's like a it's like a pastry with meat in it what is that in soccer this is going well uh yeah i'm uh it's a handball you hold it in your hand and it's a handball 
That's Somebody crazy, had to come up Sam. with something. Maybe like because let's say you just get the pie and you don't know what's on the inside because there's mm-hmm. lots of different kinds. So it's like a handball that it's like it was a it was a surprise. Like so the ref probably shouldn't have called it because it was unintentional mm. because like you don't know. It's a VAR you know. situation. Yeah, it was a like VAR one of those that either that- got like. <laughs> got shot into your hand really quickly or it came from your foot to your hand and you're like ah I- yeah yeah and there's all these rules <sighs> that tell us it shouldn't be a handball but the refs go to the screen and then call it a handball so that's that's the and mince pie that's a mince pie this game is literally <laughs> either gonna be so iconic or so, such a flop and i can't wait to see how the next one goes lynn your turn the hokey pokey oh my gosh wait do you have one like can you show it did you buy one while you were there no, no, no here, put up but a we picture don't- on, okay. the, on the YouTube. Well, first, Hokey Pokey ice cream is like the iconic ice cream in New Zealand. And so Hokey Pokey is also a candy bar, which I'm assuming is what you will show. Um, okay. Don't show the so candy like, bar. Show so the Hokey ice cream. So Hokey Pokey is like um honeycomb. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. So like that is, so if you have a, it's like a crunchy bar has Hokey Pokey in it. So it would be this like golden, deep yellow, kind of really light and fluffy with chocolate around it would be the candy bar. But Hokey Pokey is like the honeycomb, I guess. So Hokey Pokey ice cream is vanilla ice cream with these little bits of this crunchy. It's like the wall, like the wall defending a free kick. So it's like the honeycomb yeah, like all like attached together and it's like the wall. Okay. You guys but don't iconic. It, but... Well, you, well, Lynn, your turn then. I was thinking this doesn't actually have to do with the shapes of the honeycomb though, but I, I was thinking more of like a corner kick, like a Olympico or like the person scores, like it's iconic, but all the people in the box are the little honeycombs. Oh, I like that too. Okay. Well, just everyone needs to try hokey pokey ice cream is basically. That's what it comes down to. Try yeah. the hokey pokey. All right. We, yeah. well, good, the good news is, Allie, we only have three more. So oh. this pain will be over soon. Only. The next one is a cheese roll. I can't say I've ever had that. Sounds pretty delicious. It does. Yeah, it sounds like a rolled grilled cheese. Could this be like when you get fouled and then you roll for 10 yards after trying to get the foul called? Yes. <laughs> you're, you're really good at this. You guys, this is apparently, I probably made this game up actually, and I just am blaming it on Jay. <laughs> I want to try a cheese roll now. I'm trying to picture like you. You guys have like toasties, right? Like a little ham and cheese toasty. Yeah. 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 Which is basically a grilled cheese with ham in it. Yeah. What about fairy bread? Those. Is that on here? I feel like no. Like no, that. but we can put it. What is that? Okay. <laughs> so fairy bread is when you have a piece of toast, white bread, and then you put butter on it and sprinkles. Oh. oh. I used to do something like that with when I grew up. It was like a tortilla with butter and cinnamon and roll mm. it up put it in the microwave yeah. it's kind of like fun fetty for like it's desperate just... times yes exactly what should fairy bread be something really good like a goal celebration like we're mm. just oh i don't know and maybe or maybe like when you win and like the fireworks confetti go comes down or oh. the firework yeah like here that. we love yeah. fireworks in, in this league i, I love like that, that. I love that. It's like the confetti at the championship game. Mm. Podium. Mm. Okay, two more. Sausage sizzlies. I'm probably going to be like rejected from New Zealand when I don't have all the answers here. But a sausage sizzle, I think, is like when you like are selling sausages for like a dollar and there's like a barbecue at a game or like, I don't know, maybe to raise money. 
for something yeah. like you guys in australia they call them snags i think oh is that the same thing is that like a street meat sausage did i just have controversy i'm so sorry if i did in the australian new zealand world i don't know oh my god well now but- you and i are both gonna get kicked out <laughs> well, we're trying to honor these places not upset <laughs> right so right well i let's just keep that I, in remember mind, i haven't have i mistake. haven't lived in new zealand so <laughs> but this is they- like i <laughs> They say a sausage sizzle is a stumpy pork sausage in a piece of fresh bread lathered with tomato tomato sauce. It sounds and a like a hot dog. Grilled onions. It is a hot dog, but so in like dog. just in just in bread instead of a bun. And I feel like that's what a snag is, but I could be wrong again. So, anyways, all right. If we had to turn dog? this into a soccer play, do you guys want okay, me to just yeah, give don't my, put that my one first in take because again? I sound like I have no idea what I'm talking about, which is partly true. Yeah. So should we skip this one or should I give you guys my I really want to know what you're going to say. It's when you're being defended and like the person won't let you run by and they're just basically like bear hugging you, like wrapping you around like they're the bread and you're the you're the hot dog <laughs> sausage. Yeah, like like a foul. They're trying yeah, to foul you. Like a, like an uh, uh, what's the old word for it? Um, Tactical foul. Word? No, what's the word when well, it I just was saw away a from clip the ball? of Lynn being sausage sizzled then like <laughs> was, last week. Yeah. And you'd go and you'd yell at the ref and you'd go, that's d- obstruction. Yeah. <laughs> I was, okay. Which is technically Australian. Australian. Yes, yes. Um, but that is, I mean, you, you can't leave New Zealand or Australia without bringing a package of Tim Tams to wherever you're going because yeah. it just like blows people's minds. Um, it's like a little wafer chocolate covered traditionally there's lots of different flavors now and it's covered in chocolate it's like a chocolate sandwiched in the middle Mm -hmm. the chocolate wafer and what you do is you it's called a tim tam crush lynn have you done a tim tam Mm -hmm. crush of course so you bite off like one corner opposite corners and then you have a cup of tea obviously and then or whatever hot drink and then you like dip the one corner in and then you like start drinking from the other corner and the whole thing just like explodes Crushed, and it's mind-blowing yeah. oh that sounds What's your amazing favorite flavor i'm i'm not a big chocolate person so like Ooh. i like white chocolate but and it's like kind of good because you can really only have one and like then mm. i already can feel the cavity coming <laughs> but when I go when I go to New Zealand, like I, you have, I just have like an original. But I, there's like the double, yeah. Now, like there's so much, but yeah, I it's it's a lot for me. So just one I'm, original, I'm more white one original. original Tim Tam for Ali yeah. Riley, please. Mm-hmm. I think I like caramel, caramel. Oh, that one's delicious too. I like the double chocolate. I'm a chocolate girl though. Yeah, I'm double chocolate is definitely well. the way to go. Um, okay, well, a Tim Tam on the field would be. I'm gonna let you guys ha- have a turn here because I think I'm being MVP at this game. That's <laughs> the truth. Allie's for sure the LVP. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least she's been able to explain stuff to us. That's been really hard. That's true. That's true. All um, right, I'll give you guys five more seconds. Oh my um, gosh. Okay. Yeah, I know. Um. Okay. <laughs> Okay, you say yours, I'll say mine. It's, a bicycle. it's just the best, coolest, most delicious thing ever. Yeah, like that That could be it because you don't see them often. Well, I guess you see Tim Tams all the time, but you can only have one. You can only have one. I know. That's why That's why I have a podcast where we play Allie, games. you go. You go, I like, I, my brain is saying nothing, like nothing's going in there. 
I was thinking more of the structure, which is kind of what Sam was doing before. I mean, you went kind of with the concept. Mm. Um, I was thinking of like all the layers. Mm. So I was thinking of like a corner kick where like the stack, you know? Oh, mm-hmm. or just like the formations of the field. Yeah. Like if you're going to play a 4-4-2 yeah. four, four, or a 3-5-1. Or Tim, Tam, Tim. Or a Timmy, Timmy, Tim, Tam, Tim, Tim, Tam. Well, that game was literally bonkers, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was pretty funny, I hope. It got wild. Got our creative silly. juices flowing, that's for sure. Allie, I'm did hungry. you so miss much. anything? What is there anything else you want to tell the snacks world? Oh my gosh. Well, I clearly need to go and experience more New Zealand snacks. That was really challenging. Um, no, thank you for having me. And I am just thrilled to be on here and I love what you're doing. And I think it's so cool for us to be able to like talk about our lives and, you know, so much of what we do, everyone is like judges what we do on the field, but I just love being able to like be authentic and talk about what we do off the field and like who we are as people, you know, I'm a people first person. Oh, I love well, it was that. so nice having you on. Thank you so Thank much you for so coming. Much. Okay, and lastly, can you give us a chomp? Yes. That was a really good one. Okay, folks, it is time again for the Grubhub Delivery of the Week. This week's delivery is a classic highlight. In preparation for the World Cup, we are going to talk about one of the most epic deliveries in U.S. Women's National Team history. With her left foot, which is not her preferred foot, by the way, Brandi Chastain stepped up to take the final penalty during PKs in the 1999 Women's World Cup final against China. The U.S. had scored four of their PKs. Brianna Scurry had made a legendary stop opening the door for the U.S. to win 5-4 to four, and up-stepped Brittany Chastain to take the fifth kick. She delivered it into the goal for one of the most memorable moments in soccer history. It was truly an epic delivery. And speaking of epic deliveries, you can get your own epic delivery by using Grubhub. Get $5 off your own delivery of the week with Grubhub. Using code GRUBHUG. That's with a G. GRUBHUG. On your next order of $15 or more. Satisfy every craving with delicious food delivery from Grubhub. Term supply. Promo code usable on Grubhub iPhone or Android mobile apps only. Okay. Goodbye to me. (laughs) Goodbye to snacks. Well, just for a very short time, we are taking a break because how could we do snacks without Lynn? Lynn's going to the World Cup. We're all going to watch. We're super excited for her. But as soon as she gets back, snacks will be back. Expect us, expect an episode on August 31st, everybody. But we'll miss you from now until then. I already miss it like a lot. I know. I do love doing this a lot, a lot, a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. In the meantime, please go back and listen to some oldies. You guys know what I mean? We have some great old episodes as well. And hopefully you guys will just get a nice little kick out of that and how goofy we are and how bad we used to be. (laughs) And we also want to see a lot, a lot, a lot of rates and reviews. So please do that. Tell us all the things. Like this review from LL that says, by far my favorite podcast, Sam and Lynn are exceedingly capable hosts. Their friendship and professionalism creates an almost perfect balance between hilarity and intelligently conducted interviews. I love that. Say more, LL. Okay, so one last thing, Sam. Give us a one last thing before you go off to your first World Cup. Well, I'm going to miss this so much. I'm going to miss all the snackettes out there. The, the weirdies, the Dunkaroos, Snackaroos, snack gets bite size. I was going to keep going, but I'll just stop I think, there. I think we probably would have loved it. Well, Lynn, we're going to miss you too, but we wish you the best of luck. Everybody's going to be watching you and cheering for you. Go USA. 
Go USA. for life. Sam, I can't wait to see all the things you get up to. Let me go get your gift. Okay. Run. Oh my gosh, I'm okay, so excited. Yeah, I've been ready for days. Okay, it's a necklace. Okay. Is that a strawberry? No, it's a freaking snack tangerine. It's just like a little fuzzy. Oh my gosh. It's, How are you going to get it to me? Beads. How am I going to wear that? It's beaded. How do I get to wear that? It might be too late. Okay. <laughs> Can you send it with your family? I don't think they're coming this weekend anymore. Well, they're coming to Australia. Oh, yeah. Do that. Yeah, please. Do you have one? Can you? Yes, this is mine. <gasps> Can you believe that? Guess where this is from? I have no idea. Where? Madewell. They had two oh. left. And I went. They had two left? It was perfect. Meant to be. Can you believe that? No, actually, it's I can't. It's so cute. Have you been wearing it around and just been taking it off for the podcast so I don't see it? So cute. I know. So freaking cute. All right. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to keep it on now. Now that you know. Okay. Lynn, good luck. Go get it. Thank you. And everybody else. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, or wherever you get your podcasts. Snacks is produced by Jay Wolf, Lauren Day, Patrick Cadino, Annie Schutz, and John Murray. For more great women's sports content, go to justwomensports.com and be sure to follow just women's sports on all your favorite channels. I'm Sam Lewis. And I'm Lynn Williams. And you've been listening to snacks. <laughs> See you soon.